As human beings, we spend a lot of our time stuck, mired in things like isolation and addiction, regret and resentment, bigotry and abuse. The list of things that weigh down a human life is lengthy and wearisome. But when freedom finally comes, it often appears in unexpected ways and from unexpected places. The Stuck Audio Project is about preserving and pondering those stories of liberation. We believe that by hearing and receiving the stories of others, we open our hearts to the forces of change. The stories you'll hear on the Stuck Podcast come from ordinary people, reflecting on their daily journeys with Christ. On the journey of life, some have come far, and some still have a long way to go. None of them are perfect, but all of them have had genuine tastes of freedom. Today's entry comes from Duane. As an Air Force veteran, he experienced significant trauma from his time in combat. This experience followed him home, causing personal and relational challenges. The effects of his trauma became so burdensome that he eventually decided to end his life. That is, until a persistent pastor's words and love finally broke through. As you listen to Duane's story, pay close attention to how your own life story might be echoed in his. Back during uh, 2001, before the war kicked off, I spent almost 27 and a half years in the military. I was in the Army, I was in the infantry, and then a recon platoon in the Army. And that gave me a skill set that the Air Force ended up wanting. Uh, so I ended up uh, back into the Air Force and the security forces and found my way into a team that uh, did a lot of deployments and we went to hot zones and we were designed to be the temporary ground troop for a hot zone around an air base to protect the assets and the people. I also had an opportunity to go to school and it was uh, what they call a Phoenix Raven program and it was security for the aircraft that would travel with the aircraft. We'd go into areas that didn't have security set up already. So we, our, our job was to protect the aircraft and the personnel that goes with it. And there was a lot of physical training and a lot of combat training that went with that. So, yeah, even as a, a, a person in the Air Force, ended up uh, into a combat field and with a combat team. During September 11th, I was supposed to go into recruiting, but uh, September 11th occurred and that changed. I ended up deploying for almost a year and I was sort of like all over the place. We did a lot of convoys. You know, I did a, a lot of the in-flight missions and stuff going all over the place. We saw a lot, we done a lot. It was sort of a, I mean, we did our job. We did what we were trained to do, we, we did our job. Then coming back after a period of time, it was a dark time for me. Now, sort of some uh, a different background there is that I didn't grow up Lutheran. I grew up Baptist. I grew up more of a very conservative Pentecostal type raising. Then I met my wife, Amy. We both agreed that when we were married that we were gonna have one congregation for the family, for the kids, you know, it was important. And at the time, I really didn't care much about the church didn't matter that much to me, so I'm like, fine, I'll be Lutheran. You know, it's easy enough for me. So I went to church with her. She sort of insisted, especially after we had our first son, 
that we go to church and he grows up in the church and, and is part of that. I didn't really have that much to do. I'd go on Sunday and, and if he needed for something because my wife couldn't be there or something like that, I'd drop him off or whatever and just be one of the dads and sit around, drink a cup of coffee and just wait for everything to be over. But uh, after the war, it was different. It was a hard time. I struggled. We got home from the war and it was pretty much without any fanfare. I got home and my wife actually wasn't in town at the time because when we showed up, we just sort of suddenly showed up. So there was no plans. She, uh, you know, I, the person who welcomed me home was a Somali whose English was broken, but he told me welcome home. You know, it was a taxi driver to give me a ride home. I got home, my family, my wife finally got home in a couple days and, and it, of course it's always great to, to see your family, but it's always, I was still struggling. I was struggling with the morality of everything. I'm not saying that I was against everything going on because of that really wasn't the point. What I was struggling with was that God says, you know, there's certain things that are wrong. And to hurt your neighbor and to hurt others is against God's plan. I struggled with that. I spoke to a few chaplains and unfortunately, I got some of the theology of, well, it was justified. You know, you were, uh, you're a combat troop. You, you're justified. You, you know, you did the right thing. And it didn't, still didn't sound right with me. I couldn't buy into that. That harming anyone is ever right. Justifying what happened and what I saw and stuff like that, it just... It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't right. I struggled with that. I, I knew that that wasn't the way it was supposed to be. But yet I'm having someone who tells me that, well, you know, you were doing the right thing because you were serving your country and uh, you're a soldier and that's what you did. And uh, so you were doing the right thing. I knew I wasn't. And it's not that I shouldn't have been there. It's that there was a part of me that was really broken. There was a lot of depression, not able to sleep at night. I couldn't drive anywheres without looking for every ambush spot on the way to a location. Trying to go, go pick up my son less than a mile away from school and I knew every ambush location. The feeling of wanting to hurt myself. You know, that uh, my family or the world would have been better off without me. I just, you know, a very extroverted person. You know me. I, I love being around people, but I didn't want to be around anyone. I wanted to be by myself. I just knew things weren't right, but I didn't want to recognize it. I didn't want to face it, you know. Uh, to face it was to probably face that maybe something was wrong with me. I knew that the way I was thinking, the way I felt was just not the right way. I couldn't seem to move forward, probably having a few extra drinks than I should have. And uh, I'll have to say that fortunately, I had a wife who said, well, you're home, we're going to church. And, uh, and that was, and as I look back, it's sort of frustrating. I'm like, oh, this is annoying. Why do I gotta get up on Sunday and go to church, right? 
but she insisted that I go to church. My wife, uh, and I owe her so much into this also, if she knew something was not right, she didn't, probably didn't know what to do. She knew that it wasn't right, but she stayed right there with me. And I always talk about that pesky pastor. And I encourage pastor to be that pesky pastor. I had a pastor that was there at the church. We were in Texas. And he would, he would always ask, when he'd see me, he'd always ask, how you doing? He knew I'd come back. He knew I'd just come back because he'd talked to some with Amy. And uh, he asked me how I was doing. And, and I always give that, uh, you know, that soldiers or that airmen's, oh, I'm fine. Well, one day he said, no, you're not fine. You're not okay. And he sort of cornered me. So we ended up talking for maybe 15 minutes and stuff. And, and it sort of had boiled up inside me and so much was just trapped up inside. I let a lot out and basically would say, now I know the language would have been, I had a, I had a confession. So I was confessed uh, a lot of what was going on with me. A pastor had the wisdom and he, he'd never been in the military and uh, he'd never served, but it, the best thing he did for me was he never tried to come into that side because he says, you know, I've never served and never been in the position that you've been in, and I couldn't imagine what you had to deal with. But he said, I do know that we have grace. We talked a little more, and he talked about how I was right. I, there is no justification. The Ten Commandments are pretty clear of how you're supposed to treat your neighbor. And instead of justifying that, he talked to me about grace and forgiveness and how through Christ, I'm forgiven. And we talked further into that. That is that trap that you, of sin that you're trapped in. I, I was trapped in a situation to where that if I did something, it was sin, it was wrong. If I didn't do something, it was sin, it was wrong. So no matter what I did, I was trapped. I was guilty. Well, I had uh, felt at the time is that there's no way that God has room for me in his world. Not with what I've done. There's no way. The rules are set. I can't justify what I did. So God doesn't have room for me. I don't have room for God. But that moment with that pastor was a moment of grace that I understood that I was forgiven. Now, does that mean that all these other problems I had just automatically, just snap of a finger were, were fixed? No. But it did get me on the path and to start to heal. Healing was able to start because of that. What that pesky pastor didn't know was that I'd had a date set. And that was actually the Monday after the Sunday that he had talk to me and 
that Monday after sitting in my garage, I took my gun case, I shut it, I locked it, and I put it away, and I moved on in the grace. Not justified, but forgiven. That was a, a tremendous moment in my life. I moved on in my career. I actually had to go back, had to deploy back again, but I went back a little bit different person. I did come back and eventually did get into recruiting, which sort of helped me adapt back into civilian life when it comes time. And then when I, I spent almost 10 years in recruiting in my last part and retired from the military, and I remember praying and asking God, because I got more involved with the church. I started doing a lot more things around the church. I ended up helping with, with the youth some, with my kids. I, I did uh, ushering. I did reading. I did, I did a lot more around the church. I was really sort of becoming Lutheran. But once I retired, I asked, I remember just praying, God, what do, what do I do now? I'm leaving this life that I have known my whole adult life, I grew up in a small town in Tennessee. I ended up in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. I traveled the world to get here. I married a wonderful lady from South Dakota who, who stayed on me and, uh, and helped me on the right path. Uh, what do I do now? God's like, I got a plan for you. And uh, it was the ministry. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's the path that uh, I need to take. And I resisted that. And actually, I got a job uh, when I retired. I got the job for the state of Minnesota. I was a veteran representative and worked with the VA. And that was just not going the way I felt that it should go. There was, uh, it was just, for some reason, it was just not where I needed to be. So I ended up going back and, God, what was that plan? <laughs> you had talked about. And uh, and I sat down with my two pastors from uh, my church, and we had lunch, and it sort of like I balled up and emotionally, and I was, I was teared up and everything, and I told them, I said, I, I just, I think God is calling me to the ministry. And they both started laughing. And here I am, I got tears coming down my eyes, and these two are laughing. And I'm like, well, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, why are you laughing? At me and they're like, you know, it was funny because they're like, a couple weeks ago we were having a discussion and made a bet of when you were going to come in and tell us. They're like, yeah, we've been waiting for you to come in and tell us that uh, this right here that you were uh, even called to the ministry, affirming in one way. And I'm like, how did they see that? And I struggled with seeing it. Well, I ended up uh, finishing up my. Undergrad degree, I was accepted into Luther Seminary, which, talking about God's plan, I had, I, I would say, the best Lutheran seminary, the biggest one, right here in town to where I could go and be resident student. And, and with the GI Bill and all that, I had the, the school was paid for. And in four years, I did seminary, got a master's degree in divinity, and now I'm a ordained pastor in the ELCA as a Lutheran uh, minister. Who would have thought, if you had told me 10 years ago this was where I would be, I would have laughed. I was stuck. 
and it wasn't something that I could do myself to get out of. The chains were on tight and they were holding me down and it, it was on a path of destruction. But it was the forgiveness in Christ that, that made a big difference and allowed me to start healing. I'm in a much healthier place. I really enjoy working with people and I can help them in you know, the situations that they're in. Uh, I get to talk about the grace of God and how forgiving God can be and, and it's that uh, God has a plan and uh, God has space for everybody, even me. Could have easily it have been another one of the statistics of 22 a day. Could have been me. Sometimes I wonder why. But going back to justification, there's no justification of sin. I learned a lot in seminary. There is no justification in sin. Wrong is wrong. You can't justify that. And when you try to justify that, you're putting the sinner on the cross. And what that pastor did that day is he took the sinner off the cross and he put the sin on the cross with Christ. And Christ took it and uh, forgiven for that. That's another thing that's about with seminaries. I've been given language to speak into the pain and the suffering and, uh, and most of all the forgiveness that I've received. So, you know, yeah, that's my story. I have God to thank. I have my wife who, whether she knew she was directly doing this or not, but she helped guide me down this path and was a big part of getting me unstuck. Thank you for listening to the Stuck Podcast. We want to invite you to engage this material even further through the show notes below. There you'll find a series of questions, prompts, and biblical texts that will invite you to reflect on how God is at work in your life and to think even more deeply on the places where you might, in fact, be stuck. Thanks again for listening.